I'm going to be continuing a message that I started last week uh, from a powerful, uh, just a powerful scripture. And in this one scripture, it really encompasses all of Paul's, you know, doctrines and philosophies from, 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 from all his other letters. It's all contained in, in this. And that's Philemon, verse 6. I just, I just love that verse where it says uh, uh, that the communication of your faith might become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ. And when you look at that one verse, it's so power-packed, and it does, it does possess pretty much all of his thinking where it talks about communication. And when you look at the word communication, koinonia, and it's talking about full partnership and, and full participation. And, um, and it, it also refers to like businessmen, businessmen who are, who are um, jointly in a business and who share in that business's profits. And you know, you wonder why Paul chose that, that word. And his whole philosophy is all about teaching us and showing us how we are united to Christ. How are we, how we are one with Christ, you know? How we are joint heirs with Christ. We're not just heirs with Christ, we're joint heirs with Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. What Christ has, you know, we don't like, like it's not like, you know, um, I've, I've been to the Oscom home and I've been to the, I've been to the Rodriguez home and the Rodriguez home is, is, is beautiful, right? And it's like, okay, so you know what? The Oscoms are heirs also, so we're gonna give them home just as nice you know, as the Rodriguez is home, but it's different. No, 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 no. It's whatever Jesus has. It's exactly what he has. Joint heirs. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Fear not, little, little flock. Fear not, little children. It's the, it's the Father's good intention to give you all. To give you all the kingdom. And Jesus became an heir to the world, and we're joint heirs with him. It's not one thing he possesses that we don't possess. It's not one thing that he has that we don't have. Joint heirs. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. United with him. One with him. One with him. United with him. Joined with him. You find that all through, through Paul's scripture. From Romans chapter 6 to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You know, and from Ephesians chapter 2. It's all throughout his writings. Trying to get us to understand that union. And because that's where, that's, that's, the, Paul, that's the Pauline answer for everything, you know. Paul doesn't teach about healing. He teaches about one with Jesus. Being united with Jesus. Being, being together. You know, you died with him. You died with him. You died to sin. You died to sickness. Buried with him. When you was raised, he was raised in newness of life. Resurrection life. You were raised with him. Listen, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, right, to newness of life is in you, then that same spirit is revitalizing you. This is what Paul. This is what Paul teaches. Authority. You know, Jesus said, "My authority, I'm leaving with you." He had to. He had to say that. Okay, he had to say, "I'm leaving you my authority." He had to do that at that time. He had to do that. All right. That's just like the policeman, right? It's not his authority, right? It's authority that has been given him. All right? But now, when Jesus is with us, in us, one with us, 
We don't have to be given authority. We have it. We have it because as Jesus is, so are we. He has it. We have it. There's no getting it. It's all about what's going to come next. So this is what Paul is saying. And he says, the of our faith, of our faith, of our believing, of our trust. You have to believe this. You have to trust this. You have to believe this. You have to trust this. So yes, we have a part. We have a part. It doesn't involve work and it doesn't involve effort. It, unless you, you, you want to believe that believing and is effort, okay? Well, then that's the effort it takes. It takes your believing. It takes your, it takes your accepting. It takes your, you know, to re you receive it. Because you could reject it. You can reject it. And some people reject it, right? Some people reject it. Well, there's two reasons why it's rejected in their life. Because they can't believe it because religion keeps telling them otherwise. Okay? That's one way and one reason why they reject it. Because of the lies of religion telling them that they're not, that they don't have and they can't do. Right? Or the fact that I just, I don't want to receive this right now. I just rejected it. Because you know what? You do have, you do have that free will. And you do have that, that mind that's not totally unrenewed. So you can go its way. Even though you are a new creation, you'll always be righteous before God. All right? But you can still choose, to, you know, you can choose the unmetanoia. You know, metanoia is a change in direction. Well, you can just keep your direction. God still loves you. You're still righteous, right? But you know what? But if you keep in those ways, then God, his throne is a throne of grace and a throne of mercy. Oof. So have faith, you know? Faith in this communication. Faith in this partnership. Faith in this union. Faith in this oneness. Have faith. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're going about it life and it just... It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it because why? Because we've been given these five senses to help us navigate this earth walk. And we're started to depend on them more than we depend on the truth of the spiritual life, of the spiritual world. So let this, uh, uh, this communication of your faith, right, become, it's going to become effective. And that word um, effectual or effective is ignerta, ignertia. And that's where we get our word energy from. And it's, it's energetic and energized and powerful. So, so the more you put your trust in this communion, in this oneness, in this uniting, the more you put your trust in it, the more you put your belief in it, right? Boom. Your, your, life, your life is going to become energized. Energized with what? Energized that, that with all of that's within you. And you begin to see, okay, that's why Paul prays in the Ephesian prayer. Right? That you would know the exceeding greatness of his power. That you would know. Right? God is able to do far more than you could ask, Dina. According to the power that's within you. And so then you become energized. Right? Right? That the communication of your faith might become effectual by... Here's the, here's the word we're going to look at in a little bit more detail today. Acknowledging. Acknowledging, epignosis, recognition, 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 full discernment. And Paul does all he can do to help us. He calls us, he calls us saints 40 times, 
40 times he calls us saints, God's holy and righteous ones. He's helping us to recognize this. God's holy and righteous ones. God's justified ones. God's perfect ones. God's complete ones. God's sanctified ones. Wow. Recognition, epignosis, full discernment, that you would know the exceeding greatness of his power. God is able because of, according to the power that's within you. Set your minds in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Know that you were co-quickened with Jesus Christ and elevated and raised to the right hand of the Father, Ephesians chapter 2. Full discernment, full recognition. As he is, so are you in this world. And I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I don't always know how to attain that. You know, I know... I don't always know how to pray right for it either. I don't, I don't always know how to pray right for it. But you know, there's so many scriptures that we rip out of context. And I didn't plan on going to this one, but... Uh, Romans chapter 8, where it tells us, all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? That's verse 28. But you know what? Verse 28 is connected to what comes before it and what comes after it. And if you don't connect it with what comes before it, you, you know, you're going to miss out on what verse 28 is all about. And when you go up a couple of verses before it, it talks about, you know, our infirmities. And those infirmities aren't only sicknesses. Those infirmities are, what's the, shortcomings, okay? Um, um, infirmities, uh, areas that need to be you know, need, need growth. You, you follow what I'm saying? It's not just infirmity, sickness, whatever. It means areas where there's a lack because of our renewal, the renewal process. And he says, because of that, we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. How to pray, what to pray, but what happens? Then the Holy Spirit, he prays for us. He, he'll pray with groanings. With groanings. And the Holy Spirit's going to come and pray. What's he going to pray? He's going to pray the perfect prayer. He's going to pray the perfect prayer. You know, for the longest time, my wife, she's a, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go pray in tongues. I'm going to go pray in tongues. What? Yeah, because I know it's the perfect prayer. The Holy Spirit. And let him pray through me. He's going to let him pray through me. Let him pray. And you know what? Sometimes when you pray the perfect prayer, sometimes if you ask for the, the interpretation, he'll give you the interpretation of that prayer. But anyway... And he's praying the perfect prayer. And he's praying the perfect prayer. And because we don't know, he knows he's praying the perfect prayer. Because he's praying the perfect prayer, all things are going to work out together for our good. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is praying for perfect prayers for us. And for the high priest is interceding for us. And all things are going to work out together for our good. Amen. I'm counting on I'm counting on you, Holy Spirit. So I count on Holy Spirit in this walk, in this walk of recognition. To recognize, John chapter 14, verse 26, the helper. He's my helper. He's the Holy Spirit. He's from the Father. He's going to teach me all things. He's going to teach me all things and everything. And he's going to bring things to my remembrance. I, you know what? There are people I know that have the whole New Testament memorized. I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I think it's pretty close. Who is that, that woman, the woman preacher? Um, Marilyn Hickey. 
I think she's pretty close to having the entire Bible memorized. Can you imagine that? I know a man that has the entire New Testament memorized in the Greek as well as the English. You know, and I, I so by no means am I tooting my own horn, but I think I, I have a good handle on scriptures, memorization of scriptures, but I've never set to, to memorize scriptures. I never really set out to, okay, let me, okay, okay, I'm going to say this over again. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to, me- no. It's just the Holy Spirit. He brings things to my remembrance. Amen. He, just, he just pulls them up. He does it, and this is what Jesus said he was going to do. This is what he's going to do. And another study Bible says, the Holy Spirit is about to become my close companion, sent by my Father. Sent by, sent by my Father. <laughs> In Christ's name, to represent Christ, to teach me all things, and to remind me of everything. Everything. Thus my word will continue to find voice in you. Whew. Recognition. Recognition. I told you about Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. It's so powerful. It's so powerful a verse. But in this verse is this recognition. What happened to us in Christ? What happened to us with, with Christ and in Christ and because of Christ? This is why Paul starts out that chapter. How could you, who've died to sin, still live in it? How could you, you've died to sin, still live in it? See, this is the recognition. The recognition. Well, what are you telling me? Recognize the fact you're dead to it. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And recognize the fact that you're alive to God. You're alive in Christ. You've resurrected with Christ in righteousness. You're one with him. If you've been united with him in his death, you're united with him in his resurrection. Recognize that. Recognize that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Recognize that. Your oneness. Your oneness. Even when we were dead in our sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. Quickened us together with Christ. Quickened us together with Christ. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, boy. I love this one. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Hey, this is from John. I'm going to give John some credit, okay? Always give Paul credit. I'm going to give John some credit. (laughs) Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, okay? But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Lori, what did you tell me the other day about that? You don't like when I put you on the spot. I know it. But you told me something. You said this when he appears. You said something that was powerful, that was true. This is not talking about an appearance in the great old by and by. This is not talking about an appearance. You know, when we step out of this earth suit, step into our heavenly bodies and are with him in heaven, you know, That's not when this is talking about. This is talking about when he appears before us. How do I know that? Because Paul echoes the same words in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. So John is saying when Christ appears, we will be like him. 
because we will see him as he is. So what John is saying, what Paul is saying, when you recognize Jesus as he is, you will recognize you how you are. And this is where the victory is. This is where the abundant life is. This is where the abundant living is, the recognition of this, so that the communication, you're trusting in this communication, in this oneness, in this unity, in this uniting, is going to allow you to share in the benefits of the business. What benefits of what business? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We live in the kingdom of God. We are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. Where its legalities are our legalities. The kingdom realm. The kingdom of God. Where healing is ours. Where prosperity is ours. Where wisdom is ours. Where joy is ours. Where love is ours. Where peace is ours. And this is, this is echoed all throughout Scripture. It's echoed by Jesus himself. John chapter 17, verse 22. He says, Father, the glory you give me, the glory you've given me, this glory you've given me, this, this view and opinion you have of me, this, this majesty you've given me, this supernatural ability you've given me, this brilliance you've given me, I've given to them. I've given to them. In Romans chapter 8, verse 30, Paul's echoing it again. God called us. He called us and he justified us. And when he justified us, he glorified us. And it's all is pictured from Mark chapter 9 at the transfiguration, where Jesus' earth suit is kind of is melted out of the way uh, somewhat, and we're able to see the glory that's within him and understand that he's showing us the picture of the glory that's within us. This is the recognition. And when this recognition takes place, and as this recognition grows, so will our abundant life and so will our abundant living. So will our abundant life and so will our abundant living. This recognition. The greatest recognition, the greatest of recognitions, the greatest recognition takes place in the mirror. But we all with unveiled face Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord, the Spirit. But we all with an unveiled face. What does that mean, unveiled face? Well, he's talking about the law. He's talking about legalism. He's talking about performance. He's talking about do-it-yourself systems. He's talking about thinking it's up to you. But the veil is gone. The veil of, of legalism and of law is gone. And, and grace has come. And Jesus has come. But we with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. But we're supposed to come to the mirror. Oh, man. How many of you hold up the mirror? How, much, how many of you hold up the mirror? And look in that mirror. What are you seeing in that mirror? What are you seeing in that mirror? Are you seeing Jesus? Are you seeing Jesus? Are you seeing Jesus? I'm seeing Jesus. I want to see Jesus more and more. I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see Jesus. I want to see him. And I'm not going to let man tell me, no, you're not like Jesus. 
I'm not going to let religion tell me. No, you're not like Jesus. I'm not going to let him. I'm going to let the word of God tell me I'm just like him. That's my recognition. I'm just like him. I'm just, is that why I'm going to beard, Lord? <laughs> no. I'm just like you. I'm just like you. I'm just like you, Lord. I see you, Lord. I want to see you more and more. This is why Paul prays the Ephesian prayer, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be ignited from within us, that we will know as we've been known. This is why he says that the eyes of our illumination will be, uh, the eyes of our understanding will be illuminated. I want to see Jesus. I don't want to see blemishes. They're gone. They're removed. They're taken away. I want to see him. And you know what the thing about coming to the mirror is? When you look at the mirror, let's just say you're just looking at Christ. You're looking at Christ. Are there any blemishes? No. Amen. There's no blemishes. When you look at Christ... What do you see? Just looking at Christ. Perfection. Oh, beauty. Holiness. So if you can picture that about Christ, you need to start picturing that about yourself. That's where all the victory is, guys. That's where all the healing is, guys. And you know what? Religion, this is what religion does to us. It's what religion does to us. Huh? It's what religion does to us. Magnifies the garbage. It's what religion. You know what? You're never going to see yourself, and you're never going to see Jesus. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I fall short of the glory of God. No, I don't. No, I don't. Now we all, with new understanding, see ourselves in him as in a mirror. The days of window shopping are over. In him every face is unveiled. In gazing with wonder at the blueprint of God displayed in human form, we suddenly realize that we are looking into a mirror where every feature of his image articulated in Christ is reflected within us. Wow. The Spirit of the Lord engineers this radical transformation as we are led from an inferior mindset to the revealed endorsement of our authentic identity. See him. Recognition. That's the key to abundant life, abundant living. And it's the absence of recognition. Ready for this, Lord? You write down my quotes, okay? This is another one, because I forget them all. It's in the absence of recognition that sin has its domination. It's in the absence of recognition that sin has its domination. 
And so, if sin has its domination, sickness will have its domination. If sin has its domination, poverty will have its domination. It's in the absence of recognition that sin has its domination. I mean, think about it. The Apostle Paul is talking about all these wonderful things that we are, 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 that we are. Getting us to recognize all this. Then after that, because of that recognition, he tells us, now husbands, love your wives. Now wives, love your husbands. Now fathers, love your children. It comes easy after the recognition. But... It's in the absence of recognition that sin has its domination. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And we know, we know that that image and likeness is true holiness and true righteousness. So man was created in the very image and likeness of God. For time's sake, okay, I'm going to paraphrase it. But then look at Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7. What happens? Sin finds its dominance, right? In the absence of recognition. Satan comes, and he can deceive. Satan comes, and he deceives. He deceives Eve. Really? Did God say that? No. No. That's not going to happen. She loses recognition. Here comes Adam. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to give a pass to the woman. You know how men like, men like to say, well, Eve ate the apple. You know what I'm saying? No. You know, when I read that account, and I haven't visited this enough, I'm going to visit it a little bit more. Adam was made in God's image, right? Who was, Adam, who was Eve made in, made from? Eve was made from Adam. So I'm going, to give Adam, I'm going to give Eve a pass. She was deceived. But Adam wasn't. Adam chose not to recognize. And because he chose not to recognize image and likeness, because he chose not to recognize image and likeness, sin and death entered the world. Sin and death will enter our lives. It will. We'll be saved. We'll be righteous before God. But it will wreak havoc. It will wreak havoc because we fail to recognize. So he failed to recognize. Boom. It's in the recognition where the victory comes. And it's in the not recognizing, recognizing where the battles are lost. And Paul, in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, he says, Sin shall have no more dominion over you. No more dominion over you. Those things that used to have dominion over you, no more. Why? Because you're under grace. Because you're under grace. Grace, the gospel of grace, oneness with Jesus Christ. So when you fail to realize that, 
then sin, sin can still dominate your life. You know, no matter what it is. And I don't like to call out sins because, you know, then I, 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 I can't stop with it because I got to keep going because I know there's still things I do. You know, I still, uh, I still have it within me to eat, to overeat. I mean, I went out to eat the other, this last week with, with Rick and Dory and I'm sure they were making comments as they looked at my dish and there was nothing left in that dish. <laughs> Did you notice that? You licked the plate. I, it was gone. You know, and I really wanted more. I want more, I want more, I want more. You know, so that's sin, sin, you know. Fornication, adultery, murder. When you fail to recognize who you are, what you are, what you have, and what you can do, then you'll be dominated by sin. And you'll be dominated by sickness, and you'll be dominated by poverty, and you'll be dominated by all the rest. But you recognize who you are. When you recognize who you are, you will live abundant life. And this is what Paul is trying to get through to us in that message. And this is what Jesus came to bring. Emmanuel. Here's the Christmas part. Emmanuel. It's not only God with us, God among us. It's God as one of us. Emmanuel came to be with us, to be as one of us. So that through him and through his life, we can now be one like him. Amen. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. It's wonderful and it's beautiful. Amen? Amen.